Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Food for Thought with Vic and Kels. Uh, my name is Kelsey Wiebe, and I am a NASM certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and founder of Rediscover You. And I'm here with the beautiful Miss Victoria Stump. Hello, hello. happy Monday. Momentum happy Monday, Monday, it is, right? It is. It is. This is what we do uh, calls on Mondays with our clients. Um, just to help build that momentum. I like it so much better than motivation because motivation is fleeting, yep. but momentum is that idea of like doing those small things that kind of stack up over time that keep really taking off and compound. So, yes. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our first episode. Um, you can go take a listen to that if you have not, but this will be episode two. And we thought we were just going to dive right into the nitty gritty of things that are so saturated into our culture that we probably don't even know that they could be affecting our food choices or the way that our mindset is um, and potentially things that you might be saying or doing that could uh, potentially like make it difficult for somebody else in their eating journey and their, their life. So we are going to be talking about food and attaching morality to food and food labeling and what that can do to your health journey. Mm. Um, and I know we were going to share a couple of our stories as far as like how tying morality to food um, has impacted us. Um, I don't know who you wanted to go first this time. Do you want to yeah. share your story? Yeah, I can uh, just kind of. I think that anybody, I mean, potentially there's just probably keywords that Kelsey and I will say that you're like, oh yeah, I've heard that. Um, so basically long story short for me, my, I've always been hyper aware of food, uh, from a very young age, I saw it as good or bad, uh, very, very black and white, which is something that I've had to unravel and like untangle all of those things. And then I started saying, well, if I'm eating a bad food, well, then I'm a bad person. And, and it started affecting what I was claiming to be as a human being. Uh, and so it looked like good or bad foods. It looked like, oh, that's clean or that's not a clean food. Um, processed foods are bad foods. I pulled up uh, some of, I'll just kind of give you guys a few more examples. Um, I never cooked with butter until a lot last year. Like I really wow. never cooked like any, I love like a Friday, you know, mm -hmm. and I could never bring myself to do that. I thought olive oil was bad. Um, I mean, it can, yeah, we could go on and on. Right. Um, but we have a lovely book that we recommend to mostly everyone. It's called Intuitive Eating, the Revolutionary Anti-Diet Approach. And they talk a lot about this and the food police. And so they have a few like examples that I'll just share with you guys. Uh, sweets are bad for you. I shouldn't eat anything after 6 p.m. You should take in zero grams of fat a day. You should avoid carbs or um I remember like carbs are bad. Anything white is bad. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, dairy products are bad. I shouldn't add any salt to my food. 
uh, beans are going to make me gain weight. Bread is going to make me gain weight. Like we could go on and on. Um, and, and, you know, some people, people that aren't even in entrenched in diets and like perpetual dieting, they, they, they can even get, you know, catch on to those types of things and feel that guilt and shame of, well, if this is a bad food, then I'm a bad person. And then you just start perpetuating the shame cycle. And so then you binge or you restrict or you compensate in some way. Um, and so that is kind of just a very high level overview of, you know, part of everything that I've kind of struggled with. And I would, I would honestly like look in my pantry and just stand there because I had basically labeled if it wasn't chicken and plain chicken and rice and some broccoli, then it was a bad food. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that really does affect your relationship with food. It affects the way that you grocery shop. It affects, you know, going out with friends, all of that stuff. So if you are dealing with any of that, your world can get a lot bigger. I promise you. (laughs) That is, it's so true. It makes your world so small. Like I remember for me, like personally, the biggest time that I struggled with this was I had stumbled upon whole 30. Mm. Um, I, I was still working as a personal trainer. This would have been like, I think like 2016 or something like that. For and, those who don't know what it is, can you oh, tell yeah. them? Oh, whole 30. Yes. <laughs> um, basically it is, they quote it as like an elimination diet. And basically giving you all of these reasons, like, Hey, if you're depressed, if you're overweight, if you're unhappy with life, if you're, um, if you've ever had this acne or skin disease or anything, like, guess what? It's because you have like intolerances to food. So we're going to do an elimination diet and cut out all of these foods so we can, and then we'll introduce them one at a time to see which things that you're having a reaction to. But man, the thing, like the whole point, right? So let's put this in the whole 30 is you have 30 days where you have to be perfect. Let's talk about why this diet would absolutely cause you to have an all or nothing relationship with food. Because the moment that you quote unquote messed up and broke one of the whole 30 rules, you had to start that whole freaking thing all over again. And like, this thing is harsh. It's super, super strict. Some of the things that they don't allow, like they, like some of the obvious things that most people write, the gluten, the dairy, um, but they also don't allow any legumes. So no beans, no peas, no anything like that. Um, they don't allow any sort of grains. So no oatmeal, no anything like that. Um, what else? What are some of the other? Sometimes they even talk about nightshades. Now, if you're going to eat eggs, it has to be a certain kind of egg. It has to be like the free range. And if you're going to eat meat, it has to be wild or it has or I guess wild caught for fish or it has to be grass fed finished. Um, and that there's certain kinds of oils like you can't have like any sort of like vegetable oil or anything like that. It has to be this exact and it has to be refined because otherwise they would say things like it's rancid, it's poison, it's toxin. And like, I understand where some of the ideas come from, but the fact that there's so much, it's fear-mongering. It's fear-mongering. And they said very clearly, like you couldn't even make um, like a treat, like you couldn't have pancakes. You couldn't try and make something using yeah food hack it into a pancake and like guess what I would then like I was then terrified of things like bananas 
because it was way too much fruit. It was way too much sugar. It was way too much, not okay. And I ended like, you couldn't even have peanut butter, but you could have certain nuts. And so what would I end up binging on? I binged on nuts. I binged on cashews, like you wouldn't believe, but guess what guys, that's still a really calorically dense food. And it just makes you a makes you terrified of food. So then I was like scouring every single, like anytime I was like, had a canned thing, I'm like looking at all of the ingredients, anything that's processed. I'm, I'm searching every single kind of um, ingredient that's in there, terrified of everything. And then the other thing that it does is it actually makes you like this morality. Like I became extremely judgmental of, and looked down on anyone who wasn't having these grass fed finished, like pieces of, of meat or who, you know, whatever it is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really watching, like it made me so food focused. It made me really judgmental. It impacted my relationships and it totally led me to completely binge and feel completely out of control with food. And I just kept thinking, oh, if I could just get back to that point, oh, if I could just get back to that point. Like, man, don't do it. Don't try it, guys. <laughs> and doing it, playing into that all or nothing is only getting you further and further away from you healing your relationship with food. It's only perpetuating like the raging war against your body and how you view food and how you view yourself and how you view others. Absolutely. I I love that. How you view others. Like, and I really want you to think about that guys, like does, has your dieting or your quote unquote clean eating or whatever else, has it made you judgmental of others? And note that not everyone has the financial abilities or even access to some of these quote unquote, like amazing superfoods. And so like, that's, that's not even like fair for people to come into. And one thing I'd like to, and I know we were going to kind of go into this was like, I'm going to bring up orthorexia because I think it is so normalized and running rampant, especially with diet culture. And in case you didn't know guys, orthorexia is an eating disorder that involves an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating, (laughs) which I know you would think, Oh, but I want to eat healthy. Like that's a good thing. Right but I want you to hear like some of the things that both Victoria and I have said, like it was to the point we were terrified of certain foods or we were obsessively looking at all the ingredients. We couldn't just eat and move on with life. And this is the one eating disorder that as opposed to like something like binge eating or anorexia, where it's focused more on the quantity of food that you're eating, orthorexia revolves around food quality. Um, And so just kind of wrecking, again, I want you to eat healthy. I want you to eat foods that nourish and make you feel amazing. But if it's like, if the anxiety of trying to eat healthy is now taking over your life, it's time to uh, to try and address it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And um, something that was very much so one of my experiences, um, I specifically remember when Josh and I were, my husband and I were living in San Diego and I was struggling hardcore with binge eating. And I remember sitting on the couch and having one of the worst panic attacks ever because I was convinced that the one chip, Mm -hmm. the one ruffle queso chip, like my favorite chips, right? 
like it, me eating one more of those was going to clog my coronary artery. And I was going to have a heart attack in our little apartment and die. Like, so then I'm thinking, well, I can't have any trans fats. I can't have any, you know, saturated fats. I can only have this. And I was still scared of olive oil. Like it just, it makes you feel neurotic. Like it's, it's literally makes you feel neurotic and you're just going in these circles and going in these circles. And the only way out is to start challenging those, those rules that you have and creating space between who you are as a person and the things that you're eating. Like um, a banana and a bowl of Cheerios, neither one of them is morally better than the other. And I was looking at, uh, there was a post on my Instagram today. It was a bowl of like crunch berry cereal and then a bowl of berries, like blueberries. And yes, the crunch berry is processed. Um, the regular berries are nutritionally denser, but it, it's, you're not a better person for eating, choosing the berries over the, the cereal. No. And I mean, like, like, processed is such a, it's so interesting because everyone's like, oh, processed food is bad. But then they're like, but have my protein shake, yeah. but have my protein bar, but have the protein bar. make sure you're healthier. having the oat milk or the almond milk. I'm like, all of it's processed. Like it's where does your rules. And then that's where people get so confused because they really do just want to, they want to do the best that they can, but like, depending on whose rules that you're listening to, like if you're following keto, then obviously you can't have hardly any sorts. You can't hardly have any fruits. Um, but then if you're like vegan, like you can hardly have any sort of, and then you've got carnivore, like Mm -hmm. basically you just, and this would be me, I'd get there and I'm like, okay, I want to follow the right diet. And then I'd just be so confused that I'd be terrified to eat anything. Mm-hmm. Then you have the intermittent fasters, just don't eat. <laughs> or OMAD, just have one meal a day. There's like, there is something for everything. And, you know, one diet can cut out the very thing that the other diet is telling you, you have to eat everything and all of that. <laughs> All of it. And then you feel bad. Like you said, like if you mess up quote unquote rule, like I thought about this earlier today, like I was putting some leftovers away this morning before heading out for a hike. And like, I took a bite of the leftovers on my way out. And there would have been a time in my life. I I would have freaked out because I broke my fast. Like I would have had a panic. And it's like, because then all of a sudden we label, like you said, at the beginning, we label ourselves or the rest of the day as good or bad, dependent on whether or not we followed through on our food rules, Mm -hmm. which I think then brings us to our next point that we wanted to bring up just real quick was the food police. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to share a little bit about yeah. the food police? Um, so in chapter nine of intuitive eating, it is principle four. It's about challenging the food police. And so we've kind of given you guys a picture of how attaching moral values to foods has affected us and might be affecting you. Uh, but chapter nine and addressing the food police is kind of starting to work walking out of that mentality. Um, it's, it's a way to start overcoming those thoughts, uh, and allowing 
yes, you might have that chatter in the back of your head, but that's not the only voice that you have to listen to. Uh, but they, they were mentioning, um, since we are a culture that worships the lean body, it is, it easily becomes virtuous to eat foods associated with slimness and guiltlessness. It is no wonder that dieters have found, have been found to think food in the terms of absence of guilt. So for instance, like Oreo thins, um, has an ad that has a regular sized cookie minus it says, uh, Oreo thins ad depicts a regular size Oreo cookie with minus the guilt. Pop chips ad promotes less guilty, more pleasure. And so we see these things in our life and we're thinking, well, I have to go for the pop chips because the Lay's don't say, you know, reduce sodium or any of those things. And so the food police is literally that, that voice in the back of your head that's like, oh, should you really have that? Like, are you really, I mean, all of those things we were saying, the you shouldn't eat the carbs. You shouldn't, you shouldn't look at, um, don't even go down the cracker aisle because you know, you're going to mess up. You know, that you're going to, you're going to grab those and you're going to go home. You're going to binge. Like it's that perpetual, just, it sounds like a radio that can't go off in your head. And so they basically say that, um, these thoughts are cognitive distortions and we call the voices that speak these distortions, the food police. Um, it is that inner judge and jury that determine if you are doing good or bad based on what you eat. The food police is the sum of all your dieting and food rules and gets stronger with each food plan. It also gets strengthened through new food rules that you may read in magazines, social media, or messages that you hear from friends and family. So that is... Um, it's, it's just that inner judge and you're that like bratty girl that's like judging you in the corner. <laughs> that's all I think of, you know? That's it. No. And not only like a, a huge one, obviously is our own voice, but also recognizing that the food police, like they said at the end there may very well be friends, family, and social media. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, and that's why it is so important that you continue to, like we talk about in our program, having um, like optimizing your social environment, because we all have this innate need to feel a sense of belonging. That's all we want. Like, and it's, it's fine. This is from primitive times. This is what you're, you've been evolved to want. Um, so if you're wanting a sense of belonging and you're surrounded by other dieters, other food police, other people that are putting your morality um, and, and whether you're a valuable human being based on the foods that you eat, <laughs> that's really going to impact your relationship with food. And that is one of the things that I absolutely love about our program and our group is that it gives you that safe space where people, where you can talk about these fears, you can talk about these experiences and be understood. And we can help you then reconnect to your preferences as opposed to trying to be quote unquote, perfect and perfect based on whose standard yep. it's always changing. Yeah. And to, to kind of piggyback off of that, um, people like as humans, we like to categorize things. Yes. We like to label things, compartmentalize, if you will. And there's just this ongoing thought that you, if you're on a diet or you're on this eating kick or this cleanse or detox, whatever, the, the reset, whatever, <laughs> that you are either on track 
or you are off track. Mm-hmm. And how many times to anybody that's listening, have you heard like, oh my gosh, I'm so off track right now. Like, let me just, you know, it's Saturday. I'm going to enjoy tomorrow and then Monday and then Monday yep. and then Monday. And then you wake up 10 years later and you have wasted years and years and years of your life because you were waiting for a Monday that you never actually showed up for Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, or you did show up and you started restricting and that whole cycle begins. Um, but this, this thought that knowing that humans like to have categories and the black or white, and then also understanding that it probably is scary for people to not be on a track. Like that uncertainty is pretty scary. And I I mean, I remember my dietician at the time, um, she had gone through issues with her eating as well. And she just seemed so at peace with food. She didn't seem like it phased her at all. And I just could not wrap my head around it that she wasn't on a track. I'm like, what do you mean you're not it's like, it's scary to even think that it doesn't have to be black or white. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of my, in therapy and, you know, just kind of establishing my values and all of the work that I've done, it has been to embrace and live in the gray. Ooh, and I love it. Okay. With it. Like if I want a handful of goldfish, I can have a handful of goldfish because I don't have something or somebody saying that I can't have that. And it's just, oh my gosh, I could go on and on, but I I get it. I get the uncertainty that it's scary, the unknown that, well, I want to have it. Is it good or bad? I want it to to have something. Just tell me something. Well, what if you could live your life without that label? Yep. Oh my God. Well, here's the thing too. Like I hear this all the time. People just, just tell me what to eat. Just, just yep. tell me what to eat. Just give me the meal plan. I'm like, that's not, that's never going to work nope. because a, like, even if it was the all-time perfect meal plan, like you have a very specific life. Like there are going to be life events. There are going to be birthdays. There's going to be weddings. There's going to be outings. There's going to be date nights. Like, and here's the problem with always waiting until Monday <laughs> You're never actually enjoying when you're quote unquote off track. The whole time you're eating that thing, you're feeling guilty as hell. You're eating it as quickly as possible. You feel like shit about yourself. Like you have all this shame and you're just plotting the entire time rather than being present and enjoying the damn thing. You're plotting how you're going to make up for it or start over on Monday. It is so sad. Whereas if you can let go of the labels of the black and white thinking, if you can live and find the beauty in the gray, you find joy. You can actually just enjoy this experience. And I know that's something that, that Victoria and I really harp on is that every meal is an experience as opposed to like, oh, it's a good day. It's a bad day. This meal, this moment is an experience and isn't an experience that I'm actually present in and enjoying. Like, and that is something too, that we talk about so much. It's not about the what, right? Like that's what orthorexia was all about. Or that's what these things, like, it's all about, is this a good food? Is this a bad food? Is there too much sugar? Is there, it's not about what we focus on why and how, why are you eating this food? Are you eating it because you quote unquote 
think that you've been doing so good and you now deserve a break or whatever else, or you've reached your wit's end, or are you eating it because it's actually what you want in the moment? And this is the experience that you want to have right now. And so be sense that's the experience you want, then the how you're going to actually sit down, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to taste it. You're going to set your fork down between bites. You're going to savor the texture and really think about the aroma and like really make it this beautiful experience. And I promise you, you will find so much more satisfaction. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in some other uh, podcast episode, but rather than being so focused on the black and white, can you instead focus on finding satisfaction in that meal experience? And how insane is it that when you actually allow yourself to have the forbidden foods, you don't end up eating mass quantities of them. Like I, um, Kelsey, I think I told you about it, but my dad, we were at the cabin and my dad was like, you should make like, can you make like a dessert of some sort? And so I was like, sure, whatever. And I found this basically like mini brownie cake recipe that you can make in, um, little ramekin things and threw it in the oven. And I, you know, made my portion and I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to, I thought at first, oh, I'm going to eat this whole thing. And I literally, no joke, had two bites of it. And I was like, okay, that's great. Like I got the, I got the chocolate, the sweet, I got the ice cream. I'm good. And I just, I was able to walk away from it. But if you were to tell me that a year ago, I would have made like a huge cake and wanted to eat it all because I was never allowed to have it. Oh my gosh. I mean, that was, it's just, it's crazy once you allow yourself to have those forbidden foods. And maybe, you know, one of the things that we do for the clients, um, the girls in our course is to write down the food. I mean, having some people call them like red light, yellow, light, green light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like having those forbidden foods versus the yellow foods versus the ones that you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. and slowly, but surely working to incorporate those things into your everyday life. Like little by little. And, and there are times it's going to take months. It could take weeks. Like it, I don't know, you know, what the specific person's story is, but slowly, but surely you'll know when you're ready to be like, Oh, I can incorporate this. I can incorporate that. That can be in my pantry. It's going to be fine. It doesn't have power over me. Um, and, and just, man, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's so cute. Like, I still remember like having like ice cream or candy or chips or things like just hanging out in my like refrigerator, pantry, freezer, whatever else. And I'm like, Oh, I totally forgot this was here. Oh my gosh. Like, whereas otherwise, like previously I would have been obsessing about it. Like I'd be laying in bed thinking about it. And then I'd sneak down when everyone was, had gone to bed so I could eat it because I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I know how scary it is guys for us to say, when you give yourself permission to eat these foods, because I know there's a part of you that feels like, no, 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 I'm different. No, no, no. You don't understand me. Like, no, I really, I could eat all of it and I would eat it until I'm sick. Victoria and I have been there like (laughs) preach. You are, I mean, you're a special snowflake. Um, but this struggle is not (laughs) so, um, and like from our own journeys and from uh, the dozens of my own clients and the clients that we have now in our rediscover you free program, like, please know that you are not alone in this. So, um, yeah, it, it, but it does come by like 
I think something too, and, and we'll talk about this more like in our upcoming challenge, but before you start introducing those foods, I think there is a very important step um, to the process. And that's kind of just like learning how to get out of that kind of survival-ish yeah. Yeah. fight or flight response. Um, and that's a whole other episode and a whole other yeah. thing. And, and to, yeah, to go off of that, like you can't, if, if you're like something that I learned was emotional thresholds. And basically if you mm. are having, uh, what did they call it? Um, not like a predisposition, but like vulnerability factors, if you will. So say I got in a fight with my husband, my car broke down and I haven't gone grocery shopping yet. Like mm. I'm not going to start introducing my trigger foods, you know? Oh, like, that's it. Like that's, I think where people get stuck as they're like, oh, well I'm eating intuitively. I'm allowed to eat this. So like they like, and they start like incorporating their fear foods, like saying that they're giving themselves permission, but they're not doing it as the highest version of themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it when they're connected to themselves and grounded and not in like the survival fight or flight mode. Like that's not the time to do it. (laughs) Because if, if you are skipping meals, if you are eating one meal a day, if you are barely sleeping, you're not moving your body, not drinking, like you cannot, you are not mentally not stable, but you are not at a homeostasis level where you can start challenging those thoughts. You have to meet your basic needs first, first and foremost, you cannot take the next step forward until you have done that. Um, and, and you know, what we do, like our, our mission is to help people start taking those steps forward and to let people know there is a way out. Like in December, when Kelsey and I met, didn't think that, I mean, I was in tears the whole time we met. I couldn't even fathom what my life would look like if I stopped just, man, I I just, I couldn't, I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And then something else I wanted to say about the food police or, you know, food morality is how it creates such a disconnection from your body. Mm. And when I was at my heaviest weight in, well, my highest recorded weight in November um, of 2021, I felt like the person inside of me was not who I was looking like on the outside. And that is probably one of the worst. I, I don't even know what emotion it, what I would label it as. Cause yes, I felt, you know, shame and guilt and I was anxious and all those things, but it was just a feeling of like, I don't belong. Like why, why can't I feel that connection with that? This is my body. Why can't I feel proud of it? Why can't I love it? And diet culture and food rules and attaching morality to food and then to your identity, it it's not even asking you if you're hungry. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like it doesn't, who cares? It's a bad food. You can't eat it mm-hmm. or it's a good food. You're eating all of it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't ask you like, have you eaten today? Have you drank your water? Um, have you moved today? Have you, um, 
you know, maybe, yeah, an extra handful of spinach would be good because you're, you know, it's great for digestion, right? It, it creates such a disconnection with your mind, with your body and with who you are, your soul. And that is a horrible, horrible feeling. And you deserve to live in your body and you deserve to feel like you can eat whatever foods in appropriate quantity, like not too much, not too little, just the right amount for you. And nobody else can determine that but you. Not a serving size, not a portion. You, no one knows your body like you do. But how much have, like you said, how much has dieting caused you to not even know your body? And I know so many people get stuck in this, just like, they don't know what gentle hunger feels like. I didn't for years. You lose, I mean, the, the time that it takes to reconnect with your hunger cues, to feel fullness. Oh gosh. I mean, if, I, if we showed, you know, all the people that listen to the podcast, the hunger and fullness scale. A lot of people can only feel that ravenous hunger and that overstuffed. Mm-hmm. And in between that is your awareness mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and where you can, you know, what is a five or a six or a three, yeah. like learning that is such a great way to be able to understand how you eat, how fast you eat, how fast you can get to a fullness level. I mean, it teaches you so much, even though it might just be like a little, you know, something that your dietitian hands you or something, an assignment that we give, right? Mm-hmm. Which speaking of which guys, so if you're at all interested in learning a little bit more about how you can start going back to the basics, yeah. start reconnecting to your body, how you can break free from dieting and learn to really embrace your body, the body you're in now. And not only that, but like, like we've talked about your identity, who you really are outside of this constant striving for diet and weight loss. Um, I, we really would love to invite you. We've got our five day find food freedom challenge. We're super excited. We're going to, this is the first time I'm launching, um, a challenge and I'm going to be co-coaching it with Victoria. I'm so freaking pumped. Um, and it's absolutely free. We're going to be launching it Sunday, March 20th at 6 PM mountain standard time. Um, it every single day we will meet, we're going to be giving you little nuggets, like an actionable steps, because obviously we've talked about our own experiences, our own journeys. Um, and we've talked about the things that we do in our rediscover you free group coaching program, but we know that's not available for everybody. And we'd really like to help those of you now who are interested in learning a little bit more about food freedom um, and really just feeling at peace in your body because it's so, so possible. So if you're interested in learning more about that, just go to www.rediscoveryoufree.com slash challenge um, and uh, get signed up before the 20th. We'd absolutely love to have you join us. Yeah, and we will be doing it on Zoom every single mm-hmm. um um, every single day of, right. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Every single day. So you'll actually be able to see us. We can show you like the hunger fullness scale and you'll actually be able to see it. Yes. (laughs) I realize I'm making these hand motions and you cannot see me. (laughs) Show you the emotion wheel. Like we, we will have, um, lots of resources for you guys to, to start taking those steps out of the food police mentality out of, uh, diet culture, which is, 
downright scary. I understand. Um, but, but yeah, I think that, you know, some people, if, if you know anybody in your family, in your circle of friends, just send them the link and Mm -hmm. they can come on and join. We'll be doing some Q and a time as well. So if you guys have uh, specific questions that we can address, we'd love to answer those for you, but ultimately put it in your calendar set a remind set reminders and just show up just be there you won't want to miss it not at all oh I'm so excited yes well I feel like we gave um our listeners a good understanding of what the food police is and as much as sometimes labels are not helpful I think that this label is very helpful I think you're right isn't that interesting how that like but sometimes just to be able like what this label does is it separates you the real you from that voice inside your head um and so hopefully you've found that helpful today hopefully something resonates with you guys and um We'll leave the link for the challenge in the show notes. Just again, in case you're just listening, www.rediscoveryoufree.com slash challenge. We hope to see you guys there. Yes. And um, if not, we will be back in us next week. Uh, We do hope we can see your lovely faces um, on Sunday. And if you guys uh, want, you can give us a follow on Instagram. Our links will be in the show notes. And other than that, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.